Welcome to the Self Love Letters for Everyday Superheroes talk show. I am your host, Sacred Walker, known as the Everyday Superheroes Academy Chief Medical Officer and the Limitless Leaders Group Coach. Welcome to the podcast and talk show where we transform generational well-being one visionary at a time, y'all. So excited to have you here. So excited to have you here. So let's start with an introduction. Today we have on our show Keisha Rice of Keisha Rice Relationships. She is also of the Cherished Podcast. We're so excited to have you here to speak about the subject of today. You know, spring is an interesting time. It's an interesting time where we have spring renewal. People often think of Mother's Day and people often think about the ways that we can celebrate the contribution of visionary women and visionary women leaders of the world worldwide. We get to honor them in the many notable ways that we do. But today's conversation and today's conversation is specifically going to be a juicy one because we're going to be talking about cherishing relationships. How to create space for love in your life when you are launching your vision as a radical act of self-love. And what are some of the misnomers that we have about that? So I'm going to repeating that in a moment, but just know that you are here on purpose for a purpose. So breathe in the love, let go what no longer serves you. And remember that we have some amazing things behind the scenes happening. And literally as we start this journey together, the love letter that pours into my spirit as we get started, I must admit, is the greatest love of all, Whitney Houston. That is a song that, it's it's one of those songs that keeps repeating in your head, so you might have heard it in the episodes before this. <laughs> but just know that it's one of those songs that speaks to me about being the greatest love of all um, in your life as you, as you become your own best friend. And so make sure you check out selfloveforsuperheroes.com if you have not done so already selfloveforsuperheroes.com where you can become your own best friend and join us in our up and coming retreat in New York. Come on y'all, we're about to come to your state soon. Make sure that you add yourself to the newsletter so that you can find out about the amazing offerings and the limitless leaders group coaching coming your way opening soon. Subscribe below, like, follow, connect and hop on over to selfloveforsuperheroes.com. That's selfloveforsuperheroes.com. But without further ado, we're about to have Keisha Rice join us. And we're so excited to have her joining the show today. Okay, so we're about to have a real talk conversation today about how do you create space for 
cherishing yourself as the love of your life as well as creating space for a love that is powerful while you're being the powerhouse that you are as an everyday superhero. So that's going to be what our focus is. But before we dive in and have some real talk, Tisha, we always start our show with asking you to think of if you were in this moment to think back something that you came over, came on over, right? Move through. And you can kind of pour that that letter, if you will, into a song. What is a song that would come to mind that listeners who are tuning in could probably jam along to? They may or may not know it. We'll see. Um, but what is a song that comes to mind that describes something that you have come through in the journey of being the everyday superhero that you are? It's funny because when we first talked about doing the show together, you and I were talking and I had some other songs in mind, but lately um, in my car, I've been playing Hate On Me by Jill Scott. Yes. And <laughs> you know, it, in a way I can see how some people be like, oh, like that's negative or like you're, you're talking about all the haters and, and everything. But as a recovering people pleaser, Right. Mm. Um, the lyrics of that song where she talks about how, like, you know, I could do all these things. You still be mad at me. You still wouldn't like me. Like there have been so many different seasons in my life where I've had to learn that lesson again and again and again. Right. You know, it was being bullied in school and trying to do things to fit in. It was being in unhealthy romantic relationships and trying to make that man love me. Right. It was starting a business and, you know, an online business and being the face of that business and, you know, being upset because people made certain comments on social media and just constantly having to learn that lesson at new levels and in new seasons that, you know, no matter what you do, there are going to be some people who, who just don't feel the love, who don't see it, who don't understand how amazing you are. And, it's okay because there are people who do, right? There are people who do see it. There are people who will love you and who will appreciate you. And also, once you have that love and appreciation for yourself, other people's love is the cherry on top. It's a, it's a nice, sweet bonus, right? Um, so yeah, that song has, has been on my heart a lot lately because of that. Hmm. started something that we say all right all right all right come on back come on back and make sure you comment below if you can relate something that you know we say here on the show is that we want to be able to you know know that when she remembered who she was the game changed and doing that whether the haters or the naysayers in the world or the you know the critics in our own mind block our shine and so I love that you're speaking into that, that sometimes as a recovering people pleaser, I'm hearing you speak into what does it look like 
when you have others around you that you once sought out that connection with. And as a recovering people pleaser and as a recovering anxious, ambitious leader myself, I can relate to that, you know, of like, what does it look like when the, the script is flipped and you begin to change that maybe the haters can actually become the ones that give you the round of applause to motivate you forward versus seeking you to or seeking them to be the wind under your wings. And so, you know, as we get started and talk about misconceptions, let's talk about that. As someone who comes into the room, what are some of the misconceptions that people have in addition to, um, you know, maybe that person who is unpleasable will someday will be, <clears throat> right? Right. In addition yeah. to that, what are some misconceptions that are out there about the ability to hold down a powerful love and hold down a powerful life where you are doing what you love at the same time. What are some of the misconceptions that you have heard, seen with the clients that you work with or experienced on your own journey of life? You know, I think it's not necessarily a matter of misconceptions. It is more of a matter of people knowing something, but not being at a place where they embody it where they truly understand it. So one of the things that I see all the time is this huge need for external validation, despite constantly hearing that, you know, you have to love yourself first. I always tell people, people can only love you at the level that you love yourself. And, you know, I, I did a video about this recently, the fact that I will say something along the lines of, you know, in order to have healthy relationships, you really need to love yourself. Out of that, you know, all your other relationships flow. And then women will come to me and they want, you know, to get coaching. They want to work together. And they're like, yeah, I really need to work on this love for myself so I can go out there and get a man, right? <laughs> and having to explain that, like, yeah, if you're working on self-love so that you can be loved by someone else that is not self-love and then you end up in these situations where you know we're both women so I'm, I'm saying as you know from the perspective of women we go out here and we get in these relationships and we're not happy because you know we never introduce that person to the real us we introduce them to our representative. And then if the other person falls in love with our representative, then either A, we have to keep that up for the rest of our lives, right? Or um, we end up losing that relationship because when they meet the real us, you know, rightfully so, they're like, okay, well, this is not what I signed up for. Like I signed up for the version of you that I met, not you know, the version of you that you presented to me, not this real you that you're trying to bait and switch me on now. You know, we get into these situations where in the search for external validation, we compromise some of our standards. We compromise some of our boundaries. We're like, okay, well, this guy is 30% of what I want or, or this this partner is 30% of what I want. Um, I, I guess I'll just take that. That's That's better than zero, right? And then you get into the relationship, you realize that really is not enough. Uh, it's nowhere close to being enough. And we make ourselves miserable. We make the other people around us miserable. We know, like in theory, how important it is for us to be good to ourselves first. But then out in practice, 
we suffer from people pleasing, from constantly doing from others, from burning ourselves out. It makes us unhappy. It makes us less attractive. I, I see this happen so often that women get into relationships. And I just want to say for the record, I'm talking about all relationships, so romantic and non-romantic. I'm also talking about, in the case of romantic relationships, uh, heterosexual relationships and same-sex ones. As women, we are conditioned to be nurturers. So sometimes we end up taking that too far and get into the point where we are burning ourselves out. And then, you know, again, making the other people around us miserable in search of trying to make them happy. So like I said, a lot of the big misconceptions are just, are honestly not misconceptions. It's a lack of embodiment. So often we know what we're supposed to do in relationships. It's taking that knowledge to actually being able to live it that becomes the problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, we begin to look at embodiment. How are we embodying the values? How are we as the L in love that we stand for in the show is to live our principles so we can launch our vision? How are we living our principles? You know, I like to always bring it back to the heart, you know, and the way that the heart holds things. And sometimes when you're talking about and speaking into, you know, is that person falling in love with your representative? Right now, you know, you get get to you get to be real. Nobody looking. You you know, you might be in the shower at the desk, or you might be about to hop in here or wherever. You might be tuning in from wherever you are, and you can be real with yourself. Just put put a little secret hand up on the side. Am I ain't nobody looking but you and whoever's around you? <laughs> if you have ever put on a mask, right? Whether it was code switching or whether it was something that you didn't even realize you were doing. And when we bring it back to the heart, you know, you're speaking into sometimes if you've had early childhood stuff where the only way you can get through and get by was to have to make sure that the people around you knew you weren't doing too much. You weren't asking for too much. You had to hold back for whatever reason, or maybe the only way you can get by was being the most loud, the most rambunctious, the most out there to be seen. Sometimes if you're not careful, you don't even know who you are. You don't even know that you're being your representative. And so what I love about what you're speaking into is sometimes we have to heal forward, y'all, is that you also have to know that you are putting your representative out there so that when the person meets you and it's like, wait a minute, what is your favorite cup of tea? What's your favorite ice cream? What's your favorite cake? And you're like, I don't know. That might be an opportunity for you to become your own best friend so that they can too. And so if you were to say there's any other misconceptions that you have heard out there about the ability to be in a loving relationship and also be able to hold down a job at the same time where you're paid well. What are some other misconceptions that you've heard or seen that everyday superheroes um, go through? So I hate to slam another woman, but I'm about to slam another woman. Um, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me hold, hold on before we before we go slam. Let's do the little drum roll because I'm really here and I'm a little concerned. You about to you about to samba. OK, so with the caveat. OK, no, no people have been harmed in the recording of this show. 
go ahead and see what, what are we saying now, Keisha? Talk to us. So when when you talk about this whole thing of balancing being in healthy relationships and you know having a career, first of all, all relationships are related. When women come to me and they tell me that they have issues with romantic relationships, they have issues with their family, with their friends, with their careers that maybe they aren't acknowledging, or maybe they think because I'm a dating coach, like it's just not relevant. And it totally is. Um, For example, oftentimes women come to me because with their romantic relationships, they have issues with setting boundaries. They usually have issues with setting boundaries with their parents, their siblings, their bosses, their clients, all of that as well, right? (laughs) Um, Because they're all related. But talking about slamming another woman, the book Lean In, Sheryl Sandberg wrote it. She talks about, you know, leaning in and, you know, just doing all the things, diving right in there. Um, You can be everything. You can be a hero. Um, Here's the thing. I'm not saying she's wrong. My problem with the book, here's the slam, is that it is not nuanced, right? I totally believe that you can be everything and that you can be a hero. But part of being that everyday hero is recognizing that you cannot be all the things at one time. So on a day that I am an amazing wife and my husband's just staring at me with awe and adoration in his eyes and it's like, you're so perfect. That is probably also a day where I'm not being the best business owner, right? (laughs) And on a day where I am being an incredible business owner, my husband might be feeling a little bit lonely that day. Um, On a day where I am being an absolute great daughter to my mother, um, she wants somebody to hang out with and chill with all day and she's bored. Again, not necessarily getting the most things done for my business that day. So I know that I'm a great daughter. I'm a great sister. I'm a great wife. I'm a great uh, boss. I am a great, you know, business owner and coach. I go to coaches and therapists. I'm a great client, but I don't try to be all those things every single day. (laughs) I know what I need to focus on any given day, any given season. And that is what it truly means to embody, you know, leaning in and, you know, making that balance is understanding and accepting that you can't be perfect at all the things every single day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that's something that, you know, we see across the board and up and down is that look of perfectionism. And it is a catch-22, y'all. It's a catch-22 when in some spaces you have to be the one that has to be on and be, you know, the driven person and, and have to save face and all that. And then still need to sometimes soften into, I don't have it all together today, right? And the ability to be held. I think another misconception is people think that somehow you can't be held in your private life and be a powerhouse in your public life that you have to be on all the time. Now, I don't want to speak into as well the fact that there are folks who show up in different gender dynamics and folks who come, you know, to Kumba Health who are, um, 
you know, Black and Afro-Caribbean of the LGBT community have a particular layer of dynamics that they have to navigate. So I recognize that. If you're listening to this and you're like, well, I'm more of the masculine one in the relationship where I'm the one who usually shows up powerfully, that's powerful too, and you still deserve to be held, right? So let's hold space for all of it, right? Right. Just well, from, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I'm glad you bring that up because we talk so much about masculine and feminine energy. And the fact is, is that we have both. So this is one of the things that, this is kind of one of my issues with a lot of femininity coaches for women um, that are becoming more popular on social media now. Because yes, femininity is important. And I am a cisgender, you know, heterosexual female too many of us were taught you know the stupidity of you know i can uh bring home the bacon and fry it in a pan i i, I can do everything because i'm a woman right and <laughs> like to an extent yes but we were taught we can be everything a man can be and to some extent i don't want to be right <laughs> Like to some extent, I want to lean into my femininity and time and place. There's a time for me to be more in my masculine as well. And for every single person, first of all, relationships, romantic relationships thrive on polarity. So within a relationship, you're going to have one person who in general leans more masculine and one person who leans more feminine. And, you know, in your relationship, you figure that out. But also within yourself as a person, you cannot fully be 100% feminine and dump your masculinity. Uh, Femininity is flow. Masculinity is structure. So again, as a, you know, cisgender, heterosexual woman, I need masculine energy because masculine energy is things like boundaries, right? That is a structure. Um, But even if you are more, masculine overall you still need that feminine balance of creativity and flow and presence right so it's understanding that part of you being in a healthy relationship is first being able to find that balance within yourself absolutely and i think what you're speaking into as well which i want to make sure that we all catch is the power and importance of looking at Emotions have no have no gender, right? We need to be able to tune in and connect and be able to express our feelings, be vulnerable, you know, understand what's coming up. One of the hardest thing can be sometimes to see a couple in conversation and one person is crying and the other person just does not know what to do. Yeah. Because they just did not have that 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 holding. So like just like or if you've had a history where tears were seen as something that was used against you, then you might think, oh, that person is just trying to get their X, Y, and Z way and not always know how to hold with tenderness, tears, and vulnerability and emotions just as much as we can also speak efficiently and get to the point and talk succinctly and say how we're feeling and move forward. I find that there's power in that. The balance of the dance, right? Of effective communication. And so what is something that you've seen either with your clients or in your own journey 
you know, that you would say as we do a deeper dive, that is an obstacle that people face. And somebody's calling into the show right now trying to get answer the question. So if you have not yet, please comment below, subscribe, and follow. But, you know, let's move on. What is something that you have found is a challenge that people face in either working with you or in your own journey around effective communication, effectively communicating vulnerable emotions or navigating conflict? What is something that you have heard or seen? And what are some tools or tips that you offer as a solution? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing that we have to understand is there's no such thing as a negative emotion. So oftentimes the reason why we have issues with, you know, being able to articulate our feelings or even to hold ourselves accountable is the fact that, you know, we villainize certain things. So I was listening to creator talk about red flags and how oftentimes, you know, you will see people on social media talk about how this is a red flag. This is a red flag. And, and, you know, oftentimes with like women and men relationships, men are so terrible because they do these things. And then you start recognizing that like, Hey, I do this too. And not wanting to confront that, because you're like, oh, I just said that if people do this, they're terrible. Does this mean that now I'm an evil, terrible person? So no, now I can't acknowledge the fact that I do this. And because I can't acknowledge it, I can't heal it. So we have to start, we have to start getting to a place where we no longer villainize these attributes. We no longer villainize these emotions so that we can process them ourselves. And then once we can process them within ourselves and we can honor the fact that, okay, this is not healthy, this is not ideal, but, you know, I'm a product of these circumstances, um, you know, these generational curses in my family. Okay, let me acknowledge these things. And now that I can acknowledge them, let me do the work to heal them it then becomes easier to hold space for other people too. And, you know, having that awareness, you talked about crying. Um, you know, you and I had spoken previously and I remember telling you that when the Black Lives Matter movement happened, I remember being incredibly upset, but not being able to place what the emotion was. Mm. And it wasn't until... Um, and when I say Black Lives Matter, I'm talking about specifically when George Floyd was was killed. Um, it wasn't until weeks after, maybe a couple of months after, that I finally placed the emotion, and it was rage, right? Um, and I realized that in my family, I always thought of my family as being very emotionally intelligent, um, you know, very you know easy to talk to. Everyone holds space for each other. We didn't have a problem with like crying and things like that. But for some reason in my family, just growing up, anger was the emotion that we didn't really talk about. We didn't really address. Right. And so for me to have not just anger, but again, beyond it, to have rage was just something I was so uncomfortable with sitting in. 
And it is getting to that point where you can acknowledge those feelings, acknowledge why it's so triggering to have that emotion, then understanding that this is not a negative quote unquote emotion. It is meant to teach you something, taking the time to realize what is teaching you. Once you can work through those things for yourself, it becomes so much easier to work through that within a relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love what you're bringing up here. So these are some gem droppers because we don't often talk about, especially, you know, we're going about to get real and then we're going about to get real, real before we come to our time in a second, because I'm going to use a word that I know is going to bring up some stuff for those who are listening and we're going to have a little chat about it. But what we talk about now is anger. You know, we often talk about anger being this toxic emotion and fear being a toxic emotion. We don't often talk about the fact that sometimes fear and anger can speak to some stuff that we've been moving through for many generations. And you use the word generational curses. How do we break that, right? If I see what's happening in the world and I know, I remember once, you know, my partner and I, we were um, driving somewhere and a car pulled up behind us and we noticed it was a cut car and immediately our bodies froze. And then it went past and went around And it wasn't because, you know, I don't have respect for, you know, some men in blue, but it really was about the response of, okay, I am with a male of trans experience. We are two black people in a car and I'm conscious of that. And we don't often acknowledge the impact on our relationships that I'm loving you, you're loving on me. And if you are both coming from historically excluded backgrounds, you might be holding some stuff when you say, I had a long day, I need a minute. And so how do we hold each other with tenderness when we want maybe moments for ourselves, or when we want to be held and the person may respond differently, right? We have to look at how we may or may not be unconsciously rejecting each other. We don't even mean it because the world has rejected us in those moments. But before we pause, I want to bring up the C word. Cheating. Okay. Before we go, Keisha Rice. We are, I like calling you by your first and your last name. We're going to talk about something that I feel like is, is oftentimes on a lot of people's minds. And, um, and I'm going to do a little self-personal reveal. I am, I'm going to be a little bit unbiased on this one. So I'm going to tell you before I ask the question, I have a, a three-part rule in general, I say no cheating, no beating, and no emotional manipulation. That's my three-part rule, okay? So I'm going to say that as a misnomer. But as someone who the both of us have held space for people who navigate many things, cheating can be such a layered thing if someone says, I have been cheated on and I can't let go of, speaking of anger, this feeling inside that it might happen again we want to navigate through this. What are what would you say to a person tuning in now who's saying, I've been cheated on and I'm choosing to stay or I'm cheated on and I'm choosing to leave and any suggestions for you that you have for their heart space? Um, yeah, so first of all, when you are in a relationship, one of the first things you need to do is you and your partner need to get together and define what cheating is. Um, because people have different ideas of what it means to cheat. People have different ideas of, you know, what 
an emotional affair is, for example. So you need to have that set as your boundaries to begin with. Now you get into a relationship and that has happened. First of all, you need to play out all the scenarios. So you need to just sit and fully imagine how you think life would feel if you left this relationship. Just imagine that outcome or if the relationship ended. Let's just say that person decided eventually that they wanted to be with their affair partner and they left you. Like, how would that play out for you in your life? You need to decide, you need to play out in your life what happens if you stay in this relationship. Sit in those emotions and just allow those scenarios to play out because doing so will help you have a more level-headed train of thought as you've moved forward because you've already kind of imagined the doomsday scenario which could be either one, honestly, staying or leaving could be the doomsday, but you've imagined those both. Now, once you've done that, you need to have a talk with your partner and you need to use some discernment. Um, You need to see how self-aware they are. You need to understand, are they showing any remorse for this? Um, Do they have an understanding of the patterns that led up to this behavior that they are exhibiting? Um, Or are they just like, I don't know, man, it just happened. I got drunk, you know, whatever it is, it's whatever. Do they have a true awareness about what led them to exhibit this behavior? Do they have a plan moving forward if you plan on staying in this relationship? So what are they doing to, you know, oftentimes Cheating can be a matter of a person, you know, having self-sabotaging because they don't feel that they're worthy enough. So they find ways to ruin the relationship. You know, they had issues in the past with, you know, attention and all that. Do they have any plans to do any real work to heal from that? And if they have a plan moving forward and they have the awareness and you decide to stay in this relationship, then you need some work on yourself. People often say things like, I didn't cheat. It wasn't me. Like they need to go heal. Like, no, you need to be in therapy or get a coach as well because things are going to come up if you stay in this relationship that are going to trigger you, that are going to upset you. You need to have a plan moving forward for dealing with those things. If you're going to stay in this relationship out of respect for yourself and out of respect for the other person, if you're staying in a relationship, you're making a commitment to this person, you're making a commitment to respect them. And not, you know, necessarily throw this into their face every time you get mad or things like that. You need a, you need therapy, counseling, et cetera, to have those plans in place. If you decide that you want to leave this relationship, you also need therapy, counseling, guidance to have a plan for how you move forward, how you better hone your discernment. And you also need to not immediately hop into another relationship. You need to take a break to really get to know yourself. This is an injury. It's an injury to your heart, likely also an injury to your ego. So you need to take time to nurse this injury and recover and heal. The end of a relationship is also a death. So you need to have your grieving process. And then again, get your support, get your accountability before you even think about moving forward into a new relationship. Absolutely. So 
you know, I want to um, chime on that and then, you know, come with some closing remarks. So, you know, some action steps I want people to take who are tuning in um, and based on what, you know, is being spoken into. Um, you know, Keisha's bringing up looking at the heart space. You know, Meladomo Somme does some excellent writing on looking at the spirit of a relationship. And you spoke about grief. And we don't often think about when someone is bringing up this hurt me and they bring it up several times that they are grieving in the relationship. So you have to see, is this going to lodge in your spirit? And are you willing to move through the grief of the break in trust when cheating has happened? Now, if it's a brand new connection and y'all haven't agreed that you are actually serious and monogamous and focused, that's different. We're talking about a relationship where you have been yoked with someone and then you two have become one. That is a chip at the spirit of that connection. And so what we're talking about so powerfully being said is what happens when the spirit of a relationship is broken, it needs to be healed. The spirit of that relationship needs to be healed. So action step number one, I want us to take some time to really look within our hearts to see what we're bringing into our current relationship or bringing into the next relationship. Whether you are dating or married, what is your heart holding from the past that is currently informing this moment today? And if you've ever experienced some of the things we talked about in the show today, go ahead and comment below. I would love if you would share with us one more tip that you have for our audience and as well a way that people can contact you to continue this conversation if anything that is coming up in our show today is resonating for them as a third action step. Yeah, I would encourage people to really take the time and ask themselves what does love mean to them because too often we get so caught up in what everyone else thinks love is and being informed by other people hearing other people's experiences is a great thing and a beautiful thing but understanding how you see love and also how you need to be loved is so important before you move forward in a relationship. And when I say move forward, I mean, before you go out there and start dating, if you haven't been, um, if you're casual and think about going to commitment, or even if you're in a committed relationship, but you want your relationship to grow. Um, I can give a quick example of that in the fact that my husband, you know, is so eager to want to fix things and fix things quickly, you know, see problem, address problem, move on, let's go. <laughs> and I come from a family background where, you know, some people use the word spoiled. I was well-loved, Right always taken care of. And I appreciate that so much, but also I ended up in a lot of relationships where sometimes I felt like I was dating fathers, even when they were the same age as me. Um, I was dating fathers, not, not boyfriends, always so quick to come in. And when I got to a point where I really wanted to learn how to stand out on my own, 
Um, you know, I had to explain to my husband, hey, one of the ways in which you can show me that you love me is sometimes when I come to you, I don't want you to swoop in and save the day. I really just want you to listen and hold space for this conversation. That is love to me. And he was like, oh, well, I thought if I just sat there that you would think that like, I don't care because I'm not doing anything. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, this is how you can show love by not being so quick to do (laughs) Um, and just listening. So that would be my tip is to understand for you what love means, how you need it to be shown so that you can communicate that to a partner. And as far as getting in touch with me, um, I'm going to spell my name because it is a different spelling. K-E-S-H-I-A, Keisha Rice. Um, And I am on Instagram. I am on TikTok and I'm on YouTube at Keisha Rice. Perfect. Perfect. So you've heard it here, how to connect with at Keisha Rice, being able to hear and learn more. And I appreciate you sharing the story that you, you did and what you journeyed through with your husband and ways of balancing hearing versus fixing. And for those who are tuning in, who have moved through the journey where they may have had a distanced relationship from a father figure, I want to take a moment now just to hold space and send a breath in to inhale the love, let go what no longer serves you. If anything came up today that felt triggering or felt like, oh my goodness, just know that you deserve to ask for what you need. And if something has happened that has scarred your heart, something is coming up on my spirit to name right now that sometimes we blame ourselves for things that are not our fault. And so I just want to invite that in that moment, that breath of self-forgiveness, that you get to move into that new relationship from a spaciousness of self-forgiveness today. That was one of the biggest things that I learned, Keisha, in stepping into this new relationship is that, oh my goodness gracious, someone can be this amazing tender provider, but I can also step back and go, hmm, right now I don't have to be the one to know or do everything. I can really allow myself to receive. And I had to forgive myself for thinking otherwise, right? So I think sometimes we are such on a journey depending on how we interacted with masculine energy. And sometimes in that spaciousness to know that we're held is so important. So do connect at at Keisha Rice. Do reach out at selfloveforsuperheroes.com so that you can continue our momentum. Comment below of how this show resonated for you and what landed. And don't forget to leave us review so that you can win one of our wonderful prizes of being able to connect with us. And if you're interested in sponsoring the show, reach out at support at sacredwalker.net so that you can connect and make sure you add your name to our waiting list for our programs to come and our limitless mastermind at selfloveforsuperheroes.com. So until next time, where we transform generational one, generational well-being, one visionary at a time. Keisha, it was so wonderful wonderful having this conversation with you. You are officially on my, one of my favorite people to have a conversations with about dating <laughs> list. Um, any parting words before we go? Yeah, because you just said something really important. Um, our relationship with blame and accountability. You were talking about forgiving ourselves and, you know, it is important that when we do our healing work, 
we identify and you can call that blaming. You know, uh, I have this personality trait because of my mother. I have this personality trait because of my father, this one because of this experience that happened to me, et cetera. And it is important to do those things, but true accountability also includes grace. It is understanding like, yeah, I screwed up when I was younger. I did the best I could with what I knew. So now that I know better, I'm taking accountability to do better. There's accountability only works when there's grace included. Mm, Absolutely. So let's give ourselves space for grace. Absolutely. So that we can create some space for accountability because when she remembered who she was, the game changed. That is our show. Thank you everyone for joining the Self Love Letters for Everyday Superheroes talk show where we are committed to self-love, self-care, and success strategies. And again, give Keisha a round of applause for joining our show today.